from B Media Production. This is B Podcasting. Engage your audience with podcasts. Hi and welcome to episode 10. I'm Nick Schuldberger, MD of B Media Production. This episode we hear from broadcaster Kevin Turner, who has combined his experience behind the mic with his passion of real estate. Real Estate Talk and Real Estate Uncut are two podcasts heard by tens of thousands with a mix of sponsors that has really taken off. For a big brand, they've got to become a, almost like a contributor, not an outsider having a look in, you know, how are the analytics, what sort of downloads you're getting now. That's not how you're going to measure your success in a podcast going forward. It's going to be about how integrated, how involved you get with that podcast. That's Kevin a little later. But first, I'd like to welcome my co-host and podcast aficionado, Chris Ashmore. Hi, Nick. Well, um, before we start, can I ask you a question about the ABC's just released um, podcast, Trace? Have you listened to it? I have, and it's another excellent podcast by the ABC. They're really uh, pumping out a lot of uh, high-quality podcasts, which is great. Uh, It went straight to number one on Apple Podcasts. For those that don't know what we're talking about, it's a podcast that investigates the unsold murder of Maria James back in 1980. And the host is Rachel Brown. She's also an investigative journalist, and she has done a a mountain of work to try and solve this crime. I won't spoil it, but um, what I do want to mention is just how well she's done or how well the ABC's done to promote Trace. Rachel's been on TV, on radio. Their website has really supported the podcast and made it a true investigation. They've got some great videos, other content, and the public have been, and listeners have been providing their own evidence and trying to help, which has made it a really sort of interactive podcast. Well, they've promoted it all across their different channels and different media platforms. And, uh, you know, hats off to the ABC for promoting the bejesus out of podcasting this year, particularly in recent months. And every day now, I mean, we see commercials on TV and we hear commercials on the ABC radio about podcasting. And uh, just last month, the ABC launched Audio Studios, which is basically uh, a command centre, I suppose, for developing on-demand audio at the ABC. There's a great article, by the way, in the show notes about this, so if you're listening, have a look at that. But um, just a few weeks ago, I was listening to ABC Melbourne Radio with John Fain, and he had an over-30-minute conversation with a guest on podcasting, and people were ringing in and leaving messages on their experiences with podcasting. So they're really, really pushing that angle. So, you know, this is great. The push by the ABC to get more people listening as a habit is fantastic. Not just a curiosity. I mean, maybe up until now, podcasting's been a curiosity, but to really push it as a habit uh, for consumers, it's great for the industry. And, you know, I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah, it's fantastic. There's no slowing this uh, podcast juggernaut now. And um, from our point of view, it's music to our ears at B Media Production. We've been waiting for years for this audio content thing to take off. So um, now that it's here... We'll ride the wave. We will. Now to our feature interview for today, which is the host of another highly successful podcast. Yes, well, Kevin Turner started out in radio many, many moons ago and 
for particular reasons, he got out of it in the 1980s and he tried his hand at the real estate game. Um, he was quite successful. Um, then about 12 years ago, he came full circle. He combined his love of real estate with his love of radio and had a real estate show on Brisbane's 4BC. And today he produces and presents his own sponsor-driven real estate podcasts, the weekly Real Estate Talk and the daily Real Estate Uncut. Uh, real Estate Talk sounds just like a commercial radio talk show that you'd expect on any talk radio station. It's fast-paced, has several interviews with uh, experts in real estate and investment. And I asked Kevin how it all started. The first podcast uh, was really just a copy of the 4BC show. That was back in 2005. Didn't really understand what podcasting was all about, but had heard about it and had heard this thing, you know, on the internet, you know, where you could get some audio. And I thought, well, maybe this is a way just to give it a broader audience. So I just really, with the permission of uh, 4BC, I just got a recording of the show and put it up on the internet. Absolutely no listeners, of course. No one knew about it. Uh, didn't really understand that that it had to be marketed. So I kept doing that for a while and didn't really get much feedback, but figured that, oh, well, something will happen eventually. And it did. You know, we just became a lot more serious about it. I studied what podcasting was all about and then decided that, well, if I'm going to get serious about this thing, I better start producing my own show as distinct from a 4BC show, which was all about talkback. So I took it into podcasting and we can still do a little bit of talk back. We still do phone interviews and so on, but it's a different style of program. Interesting to hear you say that it's styled like a, a radio show and that really is how it is packaged up. That's what I know. That's what I do. The other one, Real Estate Uncut, which is designed to reach real estate agents, is a totally different podcast. It comes out every day. It runs for about seven minutes. Um, we've got a really good listener base on that. In fact, it's the most listened to real estate podcast designed for agents in Australia. And that all came about when I was sitting at a conference in 2009 and I thought, well, there's about 100 people in this room. They're all having to spend at least a day out of their business to get some information. Maybe there's a better way to do it and podcasting could be it. And that's how it really started. So I just decided that every day they would get a little podcast and we try and feature two or three speakers in that seven minutes. So it moves very quickly. It's not designed to be a training program. It's designed to be just a quick shot in the arm about what's happening in the industry. And that's proven to be very popular. We've got probably just over 60,000 agents on that podcast now. And, uh, you know, it's very well supported, has been, and we've been producing it every day since 2009. Wow. Have you found the numbers have grown particularly quickly in recent years or, or has it been a steady increase over the years? It's been hard work, Chris, to be honest. Um, it's <laughs> taken a long, long time. I remember in the early days we reached, I think, about – three or four hundred people as subscribers and I thought wow this is just such hard work and then you know will we ever crack a thousand and we cracked a thousand and I thought geez maybe that's the limit but we just had to keep marketing and keep pushing and keep making contact and uh, asking people what they wanted to hear ask them to disseminate programs it would become a lot smarter about asking our guests now to, you know, make sure that they push the podcast out. And that's helped us grow enormously on both podcasts in recent times. And I, I think that's what you really have to do to get it to grow is to use your existing network and 
use their contacts so that they can actually push it out to more people. But you've got to have the quality. You know, the quality of the content mm. is what it's all about. Mm. If you, if it's really just coming on and me talking about me, then big deal. No one's really going to be interested. So it's not about me. It's about the people I interview. And I learned that lesson a long, long time ago is to make sure that the person you're talking to is the star and what they have to say. It's not about me and how much knowledge I've got. That's the last thing people want to hear about. They want to hear about a diversity of talent. So that's what we try to bring to our shows. A lot of podcasters should be taking note of that, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not about yeah. ego. And I, I find a lot of people, you know, jump into podcasting just to boost their ego. And, I, I you know, I'd, I'd love to talk to you about you know, why people should podcast, and I think they should, particularly if they've got a strong message, but they've got to understand that the message has got to resonate with their listener, and it's not about pumping their own ego up or talking about how great their business is. It's what my business can do for you to help improve your life. If you can get onto that, and then you can make that as your mantra, then I think you'll be very successful as a podcaster. Well, the, the podcast that you make is made in association with um, leading investment property magazine, Your Investment Property, and you have several other sponsors on board. Did you approach them with the idea of the podcast first, or did they approach you? How did it all start? Uh, talking specifically about Your Investment Property, um, I guess that was just like a meeting of the minds. But to go back to the early days when we started podcasting, we it was a podcast with no income. There was nothing I could effectively sell. I couldn't go to an advertiser and say, if you come and advertise with us, I'll give you X number of people as listeners. Um, I couldn't compete with the mainstream media. So effectively, I had to find partners who would have the same kind of passion about communicating with the audience as I did. And I said to them, look, I'll give you a, a very competitive rate and I will hold that rate for the lifetime of your existence with me, which we've done. We've never, ever altered their rate. And I do that out of loyalty. Any new customers, of course, now go onto our new rate card. But the existing people who were with me are still enjoying that early rate. And I'll maintain that for as long as they want to stay. So I, I sort of took that view that I just needed good people to get behind me. And they've proven to be very, very loyal. And that's been quite rewarding. How do you involve your sponsors and advertisers into your podcast? Do you simply throw in a simple little commercial or is there a deeper collaboration? You know, there's a lot of collaboration. Chris, we try and meet with our advertisers once a month. We talk to them about what their requirements are for content. And, you know, while the advertising can be very powerful both on the site and in the podcasts, um, I find that advertorial is certainly works the very, very best. And, you know, we talk to our sponsors about giving some value back to the listener, but at the same time being able to give them some credit for their business. So what I try to do with our advertisers is not just treat them as advertisers. I try and make them almost advocates or experts in the industry that we're trying to reach or talk about. Like as an example, for Real Estate Talk, we have our sponsors who deal with investors all the time. So I'm interested to hear what their experiences are, what they're hearing from their investors, which is once again a sharing of the information. So it doesn't have to be a direct plug, but in effect it is. But it's also putting them on a pedestal and saying, hey, they're an expert. If you want to deal with these people, you know you'll get good advice because that's what they're giving you right here. So that's how we try and do that. And we're doing a lot more video. So we're doing a lot of Skype interviews and so on, which is also once again, a bonus back to our sponsors. Uh-huh. In terms of your demographic, your listeners, um, what do you know of the types of people that listen to the program? Um, are you able to monitor those statistics? And um, 
Is it mainly those that are investing in real estate or is it others as well? Yeah, that's a great question. It's one that we spend a lot of time and a lot of money trying to understand who our listeners are, how they're listening to us, how they're consuming, how long they're listening for, what turns them on. And we've got some really good stats on on all of that that we use to keep our podcasts moving forward. But the it's just staggering how many people now are on mobile. You know, that mobile audience is growing astronomically. So your website, your podcast all has to be very, very mobile friendly. Video's the sexy thing. You know, everyone wants to be in video. It's not consumed as well as audio, in my view. Uh, so we'll continue to do audio, but we're ramping up our video component so that, you know, people can still enjoy uh, the same kind of content, but we'll give it to them in video. It's more expensive, it's more time consuming, but it's an area that we have to go into. So we're looking at expanding the consumer podcast right now. We're just going through some plans to do that to do a couple of things. One, to divide our database up so that we're giving them some fairly unique and very defined content tailored straight to their, what they've told us they want to hear and what we know they're listening to. And uh, we'll have elements of uh, a lot more video uh, built into all of that as well. And are your listeners, do they span all age ranges or are they more your baby boomer generation? That's uh, interesting. Our, our core audience as I said, is very mobile, is very tech-savvy. They're hungry for information. We know that. The core audience for RET, for Real Estate Talk, the consumer show, is very much people 21+. plus. We're finding a lot of young investors, they're really switched on to uh, listening to podcasts, understanding, and they seem to be a lot more hungry for information than even my age group or the age group underneath me. Um, so, you know, we're catering for that. We're giving them different types of investment opportunities. And I'm finding the audience is tending to be a lot younger for both shows. Uh, the real estate industry, which the other podcast, Real Estate Uncut, is aimed straight at real estate agents, property managers and business owners. They're all becoming much younger. I know when I started in real estate in 1988, the average age of a real estate agent was well over 50. It's now uh, somewhere between 40 and 45. So the age group is getting less. And the thing that I'm finding too is that the owners of these businesses, like it's nothing to hear of a, a young person 25 actually opening a real estate agency, which was unheard of uh, when I started in real estate. You had to have been in real estate for 20 years. 30 years and you know you had to be well respected in the community but there are some young people now who are harnessing technology in ways that you couldn't even imagine to open a business and there are some that are even opening it and operating it from overseas and, and being very very successful at it so I, it's inspirational to get these young people on the show and the more younger my guests are the younger the audience will be so and that's the future for us you know we can't live in the past we've got to live move towards the future. Absolutely. Well, speaking of the future, podcasting's changed a lot, even in recent months, um, particularly the awareness of it. And you mentioned before videos are probably not as easy to digest as podcasts. But what are your thoughts on the attractiveness of podcasting? Oh, look, I think podcasting is a fantastic opportunity for anyone who's in a business who wants to elevate themselves, put themselves on a platform to talk about you know, the benefits of dealing with me in a business. Now, th there's a fine line between that. And it goes back to what I said earlier about making sure that the guest is the star. So you become an expert in a field by talking to other experts and elevating them. You know, you'll get really tall by standing on tall people's shoulders. So it's not about 
pumping me up. It's not about pumping up my ego, but I'll become a lot more successful if I get on the shoulders of other successful people. So if I were running a podcast and I were, say, a business coach, I'd want to collaborate with other business coaches who could actually show how intelligent I was about my business by mm. inviting them to come and join me. So it's pretty much what we do. Like I'm, I'm a property investor, but I talk about other property investors and, you know, we have a lot of buyers agents on who will talk about their business. For bigger brands though, for larger companies that ain't necessarily thought leaders or individual consultants, how can brands get on board with podcasting and why is it attractive for them to say, sponsor a podcast? What are the benefits? Well, I guess if they can have a little bit of control of the podcast, um, which is what they have to do, it's not just a matter of sponsoring and, you know, getting branding out of it. I think it's a matter of, you know, how your brand is going to be represented. We've just done a deal with uh, a major advertiser who's in fact going to be our biggest advertiser in the months and hopefully years to come. And they are looking at it as a branding opportunity. They understand fully that they've got to have to integrate with the content. They're going to have to provide more content and they'll have to provide commentary. So it's not, they're not focused on the advertising. They're not even focused on uh, the ads on the website. It's going to be all about the content that they'll help create and become a part of over a period of time. So I think for a big brand, they've got to become almost like a contributor, not an outsider having a look in, you know, how are the analytics, what sort of downloads you're getting now. That's not how you're going to measure your success in a podcast going forward. It's going to be about how integrated, how involved you get with that podcast. And that's how you'll own the podcast is by creating a lot of content inside it. Now, Final question, Kevin. You've been doing real estate talks for quite a while now. What's the future with the podcast and the other podcasts and yourself in the space of podcasting? Well, we're just going to continue to go on this course of constantly learning about understanding about our audience. I think that's the key thing. The thing that I'm really passionate about is, you know, I want to know where they live and we're doing a lot of work inside our database now to understand, you know, where they live how they consume the shows, uh, what they really want to hear, what they want to see, who they want to hear from and who they want to see, which is probably more important, how long they want the shows to be. And we learn that from their listening habits. And that's one of the reasons why we divide our podcasts up. So we'll do you know, a podcast at the week and then we'll carve it up and, and we'll send it out in certain segments so that people don't have to necessarily listen to us for 45 minutes, which they won't do because mm. they may be interested in interview number three, but by the time you've gone through one and two, they just don't want to hang around anymore. So we repurpose our content. We break yeah. it down. Uh, so uh, RET shows made up of five different interviews. We'll then reschedule those and put them out as separate podcasts with their own landing page, their own homepage, and we run those uh, run those out on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Then a new show comes out Friday. Then we'll recreate that content and pump it out again. It's interesting because one of the things I learnt was the midweek newsletter that we do, which is our most opened and most popular newsletter. That's just a series of things that you may have missed during the week, which is where we repurpose a lot of our original content from the weekend before. That's the most opened EDM or newsletter that we send out because we actually give them the opportunity to go to each of those individual podcasts. And I think that's what you have to do is understand that, you know, unless you've got really compelling content to get someone to listen to a podcast for anything more than seven or even eight minutes is really difficult. 
And I, I think, look, I've heard podcasts where it's taken them eight minutes just to get over the ego of saying, hi, how are you going? What do we have for <laughs> breakfast this morning? You know, it's a beautiful day where I live here. Who cares about that sort of stuff? That's not, I don't think, why people want to listen to podcasts. If they do, it won't be on a regular basis. That's Kevin Turner. He's got a great voice, hasn't he? Oh, I wish I did, yes. Uh, I think the most interesting thing for me in that interview was where he said that he didn't realise that the podcast had to be marketed. And it actually was something that came up in a discussion just yesterday with Sarah Mitchell from Lush, who we um, was on the last episode of Be Podcasting, and she said that a podcast is great for content marketing, but you actually have to market the content. And I think it's something that a lot of businesses don't take into account when they create content of all sorts, whether it's written audio or video, that you've actually got to spend probably as much time, if not more time, on the marketing of the content than just the creation. That's absolutely right. It takes time to get the word out. Maybe the the enthusiasm in the beginning is with doing the podcasting, which is good fun, but uh, you really got to spend as much time pushing that content. Yeah. And be consistent and have a plan from the start Mm. rather than just create the content on a whim. That's right. I also love Kevin's um, sort of warts and all honesty about his process. Uh, It's so refreshing to speak to someone who totally gets the nuances of, of what goes into making a good podcast and the stuff about the host not having an ego and not caring what the host had for breakfast or what they got up to on the weekend, I couldn't agree more. It's so much more important to just get to the point, get to the content, get to what the purpose of your podcast is, unless it is a podcast about breakfast, in which case you can talk about your breakfast. (laughs) He also um, was quick to realise that a podcast is different to just repurposing a, a radio show. And I think that's something else that the industry is grappling with at the moment with a lot of radio stations, because they've got the resources and they're creating audio already, just simply repurposing. So getting back to the ABC, it's great to see them creating a mix of repurposed stuff, but also podcast first content. Mm. And just finally, something that we haven't talked a lot about on this series, but that's the analytics you can get from podcasts. And I think it's something we should definitely revisit in future episodes. But the way Kevin's using the analytics that are available to podcasters to see what people are listening to, when they're dropping out, how long they're listening, which episodes and particularly what parts of episodes have the, the highest listen rate, it just allows you to just tailor that content specifically to your desired audience. And uh, again, we'll talk about it in upcoming episodes, but Apple are finally starting to um, talk about what they're going to do with their analytics and again, making it more transparent for podcast producers to see what's going on. And it's so important for, for sponsors. I mean, they're looking at what these analytics are. And as you say, um, having a look at what content resonates with the listener and, you know, for Kevin, there's so many different topics with real estate and, you know, more listeners might be uh, wanting to learn about different techniques in investing in property versus, you know, what demographics are involved or what areas to invest in. So he can determine, you know, what are the more popular ones and then um, talk with the sponsors about what other content they can provide in that area. And the way he introduces the sponsors into the program too, I think, is really important. He doesn't just run ads. He deliberately talked about, he deliberately uses the expertise of the sponsors to provide content, which becomes more advertorial than throwing an ad straight down your throat, which again, you get more of on on radio because of the way the the blocks of ads work. Mm. 
Well, that's probably enough for episode 10 of B Podcasting. So that you don't miss out on future episodes, why not subscribe in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher? And if you've found this valuable, we'd love you to leave a review. And for more about us, you can go to be.com.au or Twitter at BEmediaprod or drop us a line at info at be.com.au. We'd love to answer any questions you have about the world of podcasting. We've been helping brands of all sizes create audio to communicate their message for more than three decades, and we'd love to discuss working with you. From all of us at B Media Production, thanks so much for listening. B Podcasting is produced by the team at B Media Production. Managing Director Nick Schildberger, Executive Producer Heather Dawson, Producer Chris Ashmore, and I'm Peter Letts, Director of Audio. For more about us, go to be.com.au. Listener.